0: Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, I'm excited we've got two of the guys from Centura Wealth Advisory, and that's Derek Myron and Kyle Malmstrom. And Audience, no matter what you hear in the next 30 to 45 seconds, please keep listening. I know it's going to start off a little political, but uh, trust me, I've seen the notes. I know what these guys are going to talk about today, and it's really, really worth listening to. So, without further ado, Derek and Kyle, how are you? We're doing great. Thanks, Eric. Fantastic. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kyle, you're running the show today. Uh, I, I know that we've got a lot to talk about, and we're starting a little bit political. What are we doing?
2: Well, we're going to, you know, we got 94 days until the U.S. elections, which is not a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. And the question is, who's going to win? Is it going to be Trump or is it going to be Biden? And I actually looked it up today. Vegas odds say that Biden's going to win. And Hmm. sometimes I think to myself from some of the comments that Trump makes that he may not actually want to be the president. Seems (laughs) kind of odd. But the reality is we don't know who is going to win, but there are tax implications to who wins. And so what we want to do is be prepared to plan accordingly, depending on who wins. So today we're going to talk about the tax implications if the Biden Democratic Party wins and takes the executive and possibly legislative branches. Mm. And in particular, we're going to focus on the estate taxation policy for our clients and get the message out that today is when we want to get the planning done and not wait until after the election. So with that in mind, let's set some ground rules and get some basics out out of the way. So for the audience, Derek, would you mind explaining what the estate tax is and how it works so that everyone's on the same page?
3: Sure. Thanks, Kyle. We've had an estate tax in this country for a little over 100 years. It's been abolished four times for a total of six years. The last time it was abolished was in 2010 for one year, and then it popped back into place in 2011. The estate tax, typically the way that it works is it's a yardstick that they put up and measure your estate. And that's all assets that, that one owns. And they say, listen, any amount over that yardstick, and that yardstick changes today in 2020, it's $11.58 million. Every U.S. citizen can give away a lifetime exemption of $11.58 million or can wait until they pass and they put up that 11.58, any money over that, the federal government demands 40%. And if you don't give away that 11.58 million, the law that is in effect on the year of your passing determines how much you can pass on to the next generation. And so you're allowed that, and we call that the lifetime exemption, And then all taxpayers also have the ability to give away that $15,000 per year to as many people as they want every year, if they want, if they desire to, with no estate or gift tax implications. So that's in a nutshell how estate taxes work. We don't have inheritance taxes at the federal government. Inheritance implies you receive something, the receiver then has to pay a tax. We don't really have inheritance tax at the federal level. It's all about who the giver, and so that's how estate and gift taxes work in in the country. So
2: basically, the government's going to come in and take 40% over the yardstick of all the assets that are in your estate. It is noted that there are six states with inheritance taxes. To the federal level, they don't have an inheritance tax, but there are six states with inheritance taxes. And I would add Correct. that there are, 12, there are 12 states that have estate taxes, And Washington, uh, your home state, has the highest rate of 20%. So it could get pretty ugly if you have a big estate.
3: Yeah, I guess Washington, considering they're one of seven states that doesn't have an income tax, they're going to get you on on the estate tax. So
2: what is the process to determine the amount of the estate tax? Like if someone dies and they have an estate worth $50 million, what does the executor have to do? So that the federal government knows how much they get of that cut of that estate.
3: So when when someone dies that has an estate, they have to file a special tax return called a 706 estate tax return. And it's due within nine months of date of death. And 99% of those file a, an extension. You get a six-month extension. So you, you get 15 months from the date of death to prepare this tax return. And that tax return determines how much estate tax one owes. And it's typically at the first death there isn't any estate tax due. Typically there's a marital transfer that they can transfer hundred percent of marital assets to the other spouse. And it's typically paid at the second death. So
2: you got 15 months to file the extension and inside of that, what is the accounting that needs to be done? right? I mean, it's pretty easy to collect financial documents, but what if you own a business or have real estate? Are there actions the executor needs to take there?
3: There's a lot of actions that get taken here because this is, you're going on record with the service and telling them uh, many different decisions that are being made. And so typically at the second death, you're looking at the valuation of all assets on the date of death, and then looking at assets on the alternate valuation date, which is six months later. And you're making, you're doing gamification theory and figuring out how are you gonna optimize this for your family on a go forward basis. And that's the work that, that, that goes into preparing that final tax return. And let's assume you do have a business. And let's say that your business is valued at 25 million, you have 25 million of other assets. And it, this could be very, very challenging. How are you going to come up with 40% over the yardstick? Let's say the yardstick's $10 million and there's $40 million over that amount. 40% times $40 million is $16 million. What assets are you going to potentially sell or liquidate in order to come up to pay that tax bill?
2: So you mentioned that the current Exemptions 11.58, which is 23, a little over 23 million for couples. And that's from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Does that number change? When does it change? And what do we expect is going to happen here?
3: So, this 11.58 million is, from a historical standpoint, a very high yardstick. And that this occurred December 22nd, 2017. It was the Trump tax cuts. It's called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed in twenty seventeen. It went effect, went into effect January first, twenty eighteen. And when they passed that, the Byrd rule required that these tax cuts would sunset January first, twenty twenty-six. So today it's eleven point five eight million. It's supposed to continue to grow if the law stays in place. By a cost of living adjustment but by january 1st 2026 it was going to sunset back down to let's call it about six million dollars each so it really gave taxpayers the ability from 2018 through 2025 to really do their estate planning and provide these abnormally large estate tax exemptions however the Democrat platform under Joe Biden has said they intend to repeal the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act if they win November 3rd. They would get into power January 20th of 2021. And we put out a a piece that was, there was a a 10-page article written by Steve Leimberg that we thought accurately did a very decent job of describing the three ways the Democrat Party could retroactively pass the law sometime in 2021 and retroactively have it go into effect January 1st, 2021. So we have been telling our clients if they intend to do something, they should do it in 2020.
2: Yeah. Right now we got an exemption, big number, 23 million to your point. It's going to sunset the Democrats really their top agenda items: the tax cuts and jobs act. And so, if that number comes down, and I think majority from what we've read, Derek is a lot of them have a new exemption, probably amount of about three and a half million, maybe five million. But I've read three and a half million quite a bit. So you're you're taking eight million dollars per individual and removing that from the equation. So there's a lot of tax involved with if you know if you're a couple, that's sixteen million dollars of exposure there. So there's quite a bit of, of exposure that our clients have. Now, the question is, if they do that, if they, if, let's just say Biden wins, Derek. He gets into office. They're going to try to pass legislation sometime in the middle of the next year. Does that go into effect at the date they pass it? Do they go retroactive to that? What's your take on that?
3: So not only does Biden have to win, they also have to flip – four seats in the Senate in order to get and retain the House. So I think it's pretty likely that if the Democrats win the presidency, they're pretty likely they'll also uh, take back the Senate and retain the House. And so in this 10-page article that we republished and sent out to all of our folks last week, it said with a simple majority, Democrats would have three different ways with a simple majority to be able to wipe the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act off the map. And we shared with our clients, we have been sharing for this last year, that if this is concerning to them, this is a use it or lose it tax act. And we've been advocating to our clients, if they're concerned that they may take this away from you, we should use it up. The IRS did something very valuable for all taxpayers in 2019. They published that if a taxpayer consumes up their lifetime exemptions, that the IRS cannot come back and carve that back from them. That is very valuable piece of information. Oftentimes, when we tell our clients if they're worth 20 million or 50 million or 100 million, oftentimes it's, gosh, I just don't feel wealthy enough to give away $23 million. And so we are often sharing with them, what if we can have our cake and eat it too? What if we can consume up this these lifetime exemptions, however, still have access to that money should I need it? And when clients hear that, that typically gets them to say, gosh, maybe I should consider what I might, might want to do. What fits in with my investment estate planning goals? Of how I could best utilize these tax exemptions to to optimize my estate.
2: So, when you talk about utilizing, just to make sure everyone understands what we're talking about here. When we talk about utilizing the exemption, what does that mean specifically? Like, what, how does that work o- operationally, mechanically? What is that?
3: Yeah, good question, Kyle. So. You get the opportunity to give away your lifetime exemption, which today we're saying is $11.58 million, plus $15,000 per year to as many people as you want every year if you want. What we're talking about is using that $11.58 million and gifting these assets to a trust for the benefit of your family and possibly for your own benefit, depending on what your goals are. You then file a 709 gift tax return where you end up telling the government, this is the transactions that I've entered into. Here is the valuations of these transactions. And I've consumed up this exemption. And then once you've consumed up the exemption, the government, no matter what happens legislatively, can't take it back from you.
2: So in essence, you take your 11.58 million, you move it out to a trust for the benefit of your kids or yourself. And then if the government, if let's just say Biden and the Democrats win and they bring the exemption down to $3.5 million, that $11.58 million is out there for good, and the government can't come back and retrade on you and say, hey, you owe us tax on that other $8 million.
3: Exactly. That's what the IRS published regs saying. They cannot come back and carve that back from you very helpful regulations issued by the IRS.
2: So we believe firmly here at the firm that
3: there is real potential
2: risk with the Democrats winning and that this estate exemption is under scrutiny and is probably gonna be under attack to some degree. So why are we talking about this today since the election isn't until November?
3: Great question. If, in fact, the Vegas line holds true and the Democrats win, you will very likely not be able to get in touch with your professionals, whether it be your estate planning attorney, CPAs, valuation people, getting entities set up and with government offices. If you wait to November 4th, it is virtually impossible to get this estate plan set up and in place before January 1st. And if it doesn't happen prior to January 1st, you run very large legislative risk that the legislature could take these tax benefits away from you next year. The added benefit of doing it this year is that in my example, I just said, you gather up 23 million of assets and you move it into a trust for the benefit of yourself and or your children or other family members. Perhaps you have a business and maybe... COVID has really affected your business or, or it hasn't. Today, when we go do valuation work, we hire a third party valuations, we're, getting, we're seeing very large discounts. So let's say you have a business that's worth $30 million, but because of COVID and other risks that are out there between lack of liquidity, lack of marketability, COVID risks, that we can get that $30 million business to look like it's worth $20 million. And so we can get that business transferred outside of the estate. And once it gets transferred out there, it can continue to grow and will transfer at your passing free of all transfer taxes. So this is a very large opportunity. Uh, We haven't seen estate tax exemptions at this level ever. When you say, take it historically speaking, inflation adjusted for the last 100 years the average estate tax exemption inflation adjusted is about 1.4 million and today it's 11.58 million so 10x what it or 9x what it normally has been for the last 100 years so this is a use it or lose it system and inaction is a choice and you run legislative risk of potentially losing this unbelievable tax opportunity. With 94 days left until the election, you're running dangerously short on time to figure out a plan. We have seen an unbelievable amount of activity in our practice with many, many, many clients needing to put together this plan to figure out how best should I do this? Now, oftentimes we're asked, but what if Biden doesn't win and and Trump ends up prevailing, you still need to do this planning because in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it still is going to sunset. So whether Trump wins, it just allows you more time to put this together. If Biden wins, very likely you have until December 31st, midnight to get this plan put in place. In both cases, this planning needs to be done. It just makes more sense to do it now to eliminate that legislative risk that it could be taken from you next year.
2: I think it's important to emphasize the number of professionals and the time that it takes to do this type of planning. It is not something that if Joe Biden wins the election, that you have 30 days. I mean, you can do some stuff in 30 days, but really, particularly if you have to get valuations, how long is evaluation valuation taken these days? You know, yeah, almost the end of the every year if this happens, it's going to be four or five months probably right it's going to take a long time to get a valuation
3: yeah hopefully it's not that long but coordinating all of these different professionals and they're they're already very busy you will not be able to get this done i I can't think of a case we're doing right now that doesn't have a valuation associated with it so almost every case has a valuation you've got government agencies that you've got to have them perform certain work and certain duties. Yeah. Time is not your friend. There's just too many people involved to get this together and done, done well and done accurately.
2: So Derek, when we talk about utilizing this exemption and doing the estate planning before the end of the year, there's a, a whole lot of considerations. I think that people are going through their mind right now. Let's chat about what some of those considerations are. What are the decisions? individuals are going to be needing to make in this process.
3: Yeah, that's a good question, Kyle. Our planning process is facts, assumptions, and goals. And for many of our clients, almost every one of our clients, we have very good set of facts, uh, assumptions, goals already for them. So putting together these plans is not super difficult because we already have that groundwork laid. For new people that are coming to see us, you know, it takes a while to get all of that information together from entity chart and balance sheets and getting the goals of what they really want to accomplish. And as you go through this process, then you're going to really decide okay, how do these different tools fit together to accomplish my goals? Who are the people that are going to serve in the various roles to help effectuate? this estate plan to have it work with the least amount of unintended consequences. And understanding the mechanics of how these things work together, understanding who you might tap to serve in these different roles to effectuate this plan, takes a lot of careful consideration and, and thought to make sure that we don't have unintended consequences.
2: I would add that one of the big hurdles is control. And certain clients are just unwilling to give away control, but there's different tools where they can still utilize the asset without actually having control. And if they can get past that, they can do quite a bit of stuff. All right, but you get, and it is what it is. You know, estate planning is for people that want to pass on assets to the next generation or to the third generation and preserve an estate. And then you got people that, you know, maybe. They don't like their kids or whatever the case is, and they just want to give it all to charity. That's a totally different type of plan. So you, you mentioned a little bit on the solutions set and how everything fits together. We have, you know, 50, 60 different solutions. And it is really dependent on what you're trying to do as to which tool we're gonna to recommend or tools and try to put it all together so we can achieve the, the desired result from an estate planning standpoint and from a income standpoint and use of assets and as asset a projection right there's lots of different considerations here so i think it's just really important that you open the kimono and and get true with what you really want to do and professionals like ourselves and the teams we can assemble can really help out in that in that process to Derek's point it's facts assumption and goals and you, you got to be true to yourself and, and acknowledge what's really important. And then we find the solution set.
3: Yeah. And I think that this estate planning, you know, you also mentioned income tax planning. That's, we do a fair bit of work. Actually, probably the majority of our planning is around income tax or capital gains tax planning. However, today, with this such big legislative risk regarding estate planning, this is probably the thing that's not the foremost of, of most of our clients is how can we best craft a plan that doesn't violate my control issues, doesn't violate my my goals of what I want to accomplish? How do I use this in a way that's going to set my family up? Because I, I really don't want to pay 40% of, of my estate away to the government when I pass. I, I've worked hard to save and invest and I've gone without to build this estate and I, I want to keep it intact for my, my loved ones. How, how do I best do that?
2: You know, one of the things that you just mentioned there, Derek, that we didn't talk about was there's no, there's no, even though that we're talking about the exemption amount going from 11 and a half to three and a half or wherever it lands, they could easily change the tax rate itself. Right? Right now it's 40%. It's, there's been times in history where it was 50 or 70 or is even, even high as 90%. So, you know, maybe they ex- move the exemption down to 5 million and then they just move the rate up to 50 or 55%, right? I mean, they have a lot of levers they can move here to, to take some of your wealth and redistribute it.
3: They sure do. So I think that the takeaway from today's podcast is that there is tremendous opportunity out there and Oftentimes, we're hearing from folks, gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that I had this potential legislative risk. uh, That shocks me that they hadn't heard that. And then secondly, I thought I had to give up all control or I thought that I had to give away these assets and I could never have access to them. So that's what we call having your cake and eating it too. And once they hear that, they said, gosh, I... I had decided I wasn't going to do anything until we spoke to you guys. Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of possibilities of things that I would consider given this new information that we were able to pass on. So if that's you in the listening audience, highly recommend you contact your advisor. If you'd like to uh, get in touch with us, you can call us or email us. My email is D Myron. That's D M Y R O N at Centurawealth.com, c-e-n-t-u-r-a wealth w-e-a-l-t-h.com and somebody from our office will
1: get in contact with you guys this has been a fantastic podcast i i just want to make the audience aware i hope you understand that this podcast is being released a bit after it's recorded so the 94 days it's actually less so this is definitely the call to make make it as quickly as you can uh to to get yourself secure and to get your questions answered you know that this is just the way podcasting works it once it's published you got a little bit less time than that 94 days so make the call guys thank you so much anything else for today
2: no well, thanks a lot no nope. hosting it and
1: noting that there's probably actually going to be less than 94 days by the time they hear it. well that's that's important to know and, and i hope that everyone takes this very seriously because we just don't know what's going to happen and and I've been to Vegas once. I did pretty okay. I'm not going back. So I don't want to do Vegas odds. I don't <laughs> want to gamble on my, my future or my kid's estate or anything else like that. So I appreciate the information you're bringing forward. And the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And think about those people that may be in a situation where they need to do some protection, they need to make some decisions, or maybe they they don't even know what questions to ask, this would be the podcast to share. So please send this to them. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.